Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business Show starts now. Hello and welcome to the Better Your Business Show. Here we discuss your most important business challenges and provide you with practical solutions to help you better your business. Now, if you're an entrepreneur or a mamapreneur, a papapreneur, or any kind of preneur, then you're a goal getter, a go getter, an achiever, an overachiever at that. So you have all the qualities that you need inside internally. What you may not have are experts that will walk you step by step to ensure that you realize your goals and dreams. Absolutely, Tehran. Um, when we started our businesses and when you started your business, one thing that we did not get was an instruction manual. You know those instruction manuals you get when you buy a table for your office and you have to put them all together and they have all these pieces. And sometimes you have that screw left over. Well, that happens when we're building a business. If we don't have the instruction manuals, we tend to have many pieces left over. So. This show was designed to bring you the information that you need so that you can build a sustainable business with an instruction manuals. And we have amazing guests that join us every week to help give you the answers to the building blocks that you're facing. Yes, so whether you are joining us live or watching the replay, make sure that you take your free business assessment at pillar5.com and you can join us live in our virtual studio where we can assist and address your comments and concerns throughout the show. Indeed, indeed. Um, guys, I'm super, super duper excited, as always, for this show, like all the others. This one specifically, we have Uni Yost, who is going to help us and bring her 20 years of expertise in to dive deep into today's topic. Natalie, what's today's topic, by the way? Today's topic is securing the bag. So how do we secure capital in the seed stage of our business? Mm-hmm. Got it. Very interesting. Very interesting. It makes me think about when we first started, when Tehran and I started building Pillar 5. Um, yeah, that's been quite a bit, almost six years ago. And uh, when we started, uh, we were all doing our own respective you know, professions, consulting and coaching and doing all of this stuff. But when we started putting our business together, there was no instruction manual. And, and because there was no instruction manual, we didn't have all the pieces. So when we went running for funding, which was the industry we actually came from, we realized that there's an understanding that should be had about getting funding in the seed stage. So you don't, uh, how do I wanna say, cause an error or, or cause an issue in your business as you begin to grow your business because without the right funding, and in the right stage at the right time, you can actually hurt the businesses of potential to grow. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, and it makes me think, like you say, when we started, we were so, so inundated with developing the software and creating it and seeing how it would work and all of the back off, back end stuff that was going to take before the product or for anyone out there, the product or service even comes out. There's so much work that goes in that it didn't take money. It doesn't take money to think about your idea. It doesn't take money to start putting the plans together. It doesn't take money to research it. But in order for this thing to actually take off and go and grow, 
there comes a time where you actually need uh, funding. So um, we didn't have an instruction manual. So again, this is why this particular show was so important to me because it makes me wonder, man, what if we had this expertise? What if we had access to uni or someone like uni six years ago? You know, very interesting. Yeah, it really makes a big difference because um, knowing how much capital that you need, where is that capital going? We want to be making sure that we're being good stewards of that money, right? Especially if we're paying it back, there's interest on it. We want to make sure that we're putting that money where it needs to go so that we can have a successful, sustainable business, right? And then pay back that money as well. And like you said, Tehran, sometimes we're just so excited about the vision, the mission of what we're going after. We're not thinking about that, right? All of a sudden it's like, I have this dream. And then it's like, okay, I need some capital. Where am I gonna get this capital from and how much do I need? So very excited about today's topic. Absolutely. You know, right now, many people are are benefiting from, you know, the SBA's PPP loan. And so they're getting this um, amount of capital, whatever that is, you know, for their paychecks protection. But many people, once they've paid themselves with that, they're using that to improve their business. So that's one of the ways that, you know, the government is trying to help get these small business owners, you know, rejuvenate it and get them back into the market and get them moving so that we can sustain the economy. And it's, the realization that if the SBA and the government is making this big a deal about small businesses, I'm just curious if small businesses are making that big of deal about themselves. If they're right. realizing how important they really are, that small businesses make up 99% of our economy. And so everyone is trying to do everything in their powers and wherewithal to help small businesses get the funding they need so that they can grow and, and support and sustain the economy that we have here. Yeah, indeed. indeed. You know, that was one of the findings I remember we found out when we were looking at building Pillar 5, how impactful small businesses are. Like you said, 99 percent. That's a lot. So the small business owner is actually a big, big deal, a big deal. So even if you consider yourself a mom and pop or whatever the case is, you represent a huge deal when it comes to the national economy. And um, there are a lot of, um, you know, avenues you know, resources to help you go and help you go and grow. And that's one of the reasons why we want to put this show together to bring that actionable data to small business owners so you can actually take off the right way and build sustainable, successful, sellable, scalable, as Sharon Lecter would say, businesses. Yes, hopefully we're, um, you know, collapsing that a little bit where people aren't having to try to figure it out as much but they're able to come look back on these shows or just look at the resources that they have and say, okay, this is the way that I do this and feel confident about it as opposed to, again, just trying to figure it out and learning by, you know, default. There's this saying either I fail or I, or wait, is it I fail or I learn or I learn or I grow, right? When we're going towards failure. And so hopefully this show is kind of helping take out some of that guesswork for people and condensing that time frame. And here, Rod, I love how you talked about that, too. It's really um, fighting for what we've worked so hard for through a time like this, right? You know, fighting for our business to keep our business still on the books, our legacy, our family, our employees, really putting in that manpower to get that money so that we can stay in business and have those resources. Indeed. 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 And and I know we, we don't talk much about Pillar 5. We just kind of make uh, a reference to the software that we've built that helps companies build a sustainable business. But... Tehran, there's a part of the story that many people don't know about uh, Tehran and I, and we actually come from the funding background. We were sales consultants for a funding company. 
And while we were in the process of helping these business owners build business credit and get funding, which was a passion, we were happy to do that. What we realized was seven, eight, nine months later, some of these businesses either misappropriated the funds or didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know what their next action steps were. And so they were borrowing money because they had the credit, but they didn't know how to apply that to their business to help their business grow. And so because of that, they end up still going out of business, even though they got funding. And I always think back to what Mark Cuban says. Mark Cuban says, sales cures all. He never mm -hmm. said funding cures all. Right. Sales cult cures all. And funding is like fuel to a campfire. If you have a fire going, then it's easy to put fuel on top of it and then it will grow, right? The fire will get bigger. But if you don't have a campfire and you're just grabbing funding and pouring it on woods, well, you're, you, there's no fire. You, you still have nothing to eat, right? There's no fire there. And so it was so important that when we built Pillar 5 um, from the ground up, we, the, the, the reason we built Pillar 5 is because we wanted to make sure that when business owners went in for funding, that they understood the life cycle stages. Because if you're missing steps in your business when you get funding, then you're going to continue missing steps at an even more faster pace because you have funding, which allows you to move faster. Now you're going to kind of hopscotch over very important things that can cause your business to fail later. So it's really important that if you're going out for funding, take a Pillar 5 assessment, find out what life cycle stage you're on, and it will tell you when it's time to go get funding. And if you're thinking that you need funding before you get to that stage, then you're probably jumped over a few things that are important. So just make sure you're going through the step process so that you can get funding at the right time so you can grow your business the right way. And I can't wait to hear Uni lean in on that from Ask Jay. Um, she's got such a wealth of information to share. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Excited. Let's go. You guys ready to bring her in with us? Yeah, really quick. I got to say, I got to throw a big happy birthday out to our, 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 our associate and partner, Steve Gamble of Edis, Edit This in Denton, Texas. It's his birthday and we wish him a happy birthday. Um, he's an amazing writer. Uh, he writes content and blogs and publishes. He's just he's just amazing all the way around. And we've been partnered with Steve since the beginning of this journey. And he yeah. has helped us tremendously. So, Steve, if you're watching, happy birthday from all of us over at the Better Your Business show. Uh, happy birthday, Steve. Join us one day. <laughs> yes, indeed, Steve. We're happy you were born. You've been editing my chicken scratch for years. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. Happy birthday. Yes, happy birthday. All right. All so right. We're going to take a quick segment break and we're going to bring Uni back with us in just a moment. Stay tuned. Go warm up your coffee. We'll be right back in just a second. All right. Hi, how are you? Good morning. We have Uni Yost here with us this morning. Super excited. Serial entrepreneur, business and technology visionary. She's a relationship builder, CEO and founder of GoAskJ.com, sharing her wisdom on securing the bag with us this morning. Uni, thank you for being here. We're happy to have you. Thank you so much. You guys are just way too much fun. I'm going to come in. Come in. <laughs> 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 we do have a good time. It makes it yes. nice. It makes it nice. Yeah, absolutely. 
So, Uni, I'd like to go ahead and start it off. You know, today's uh, uh, topic is securing the bag. And, and it's really based on the ideology that uh, many small business owners seek funding before they even have an MVP, a prototype, a concept, or, uh, you know, have determined whether or not the market wants what they have. And they're looking for funding. Um, and as I've heard many funders say, many small business owners or some small business owners, I don't want to quantify it. Some small business owners seek funding before they even know what they're going to do. What are your thoughts on that? And, and, and this, that, that mindset of the business owner looking for funding before they even completed the seed stage of their business? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's so interesting. I mean, I'm not sure everybody knows there's over 3000 SIC codes in the business, um, uh, I call it, you know, their description. That's a lot of different types of business on the market, right? So, you know, one of the key components of looking for funding just to start is what type of business that you have. That's number one key. Do you have a retail store? Do you have online? You know, are you a, you know, social media influencer? You just need a video you know, video uh, cameras and lights and all of that? Or are you a really, if, even if you are a Lyft or Uber driver or who deliver food, actually you are a business owner. So when you really look at your business, it's really about what you do first before you start looking for funding because you may not warrant uh, a lending, uh, lendability, right? So all depends on who you are. So let's say, for example, you are a franchise owner. You're able to secure a McDonald's. I mean, I think now is super expensive, you know, to do that. And um, but what that means is going to take millions to secure. But there's a track record in McDonald's, the brand itself. So therefore, getting funding for that is a little bit easier. It's just a concept idea, right? Hey, I want a McDonald franchise. Well, that concept idea alone is worth the money. The minute McDonald says, we will give you a McDonald's. You haven't done anything yet, but because you secure something with a brand like that, you can get funding before you even start the store. But for those that you know, have an idea that you started in your garage, in your home, it's a hobby, and you want to take it into the next level, depending on what you build. If you're building an electric car and going, I could be the next Tesla, that might be very interesting, right? Because now the concept of electric car really became forefront, even though the whole concept was built back in the 1960s, right? And, and just timing. So all depends on, you know, what type of business. If you're a tech founder, you're talking about, you know, Tehran and, and, um, and Carlton talked about software. Well, software, it is in high in demand, right? So that is a concept that you can sell to investors early on if that product can turn into $100 million company. But if you don't have that, then it's going to be a little bit harder. So you have to go through other steps in order to start this whole engagement of looking for funding. It all starts with your idea first. 
Right, right. You know, you, you said something in passing just now. I want to go back mm -hmm. to it kind of goes to mind frame. You said even if you're an Uber driver mm -hmm. or a Lyft driver, you're still in business. Now, you may not be able to get funding as an Uber driver or you may. And I just don't know that. But it seems right. like what you're talking about was the mind frame a person has. Are you doing the things that are required as a business owner to qualify for funding? So it makes me want to ask you. How does a person secure the bag? A person that's an entrepreneur right now, what do, how, how is that done? Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. It's, um, you know, it seems really simple when people are always, you know, asking you uh, that question. It really starts with the business plan. Uh, what business plan, people are thinking, oh my God, I have to write 40 pages of document, you know, but really it could just be a single page of what, you know, what problem you're solving. Mm -hmm. What is the problem? What is your solution? And then how is it going to make money? And then from there, who is helping you to get there? Really, it's really four parts. You could write it in, you know, probably like in 30 minutes. you got to write stuff down because without that, you're not going to know who is your competitor. How much, you know, can you generate? How much can I sell this product or service for to generate the revenue? Because if you're not generating revenue on a sustainable, then it is a hobby. So if you're going to do a hobby, you don't need a business plan and you don't need to get funding because you do it out of enjoyment. So but from a business point of view, you financial is the core because if you're going to ask for money, what the lenders like to do is to make sure you can pay them back. And if you don't know how to generate money or how it's going to generate money uh, to pay them back, then they're not going to give you money. doesn't matter if it's the bank or even your friends. I mean, you know, there are a lot of people who go to family and friends for um, for lending or, you know, believing in their concept idea is I think, you know, we talked about before is that the minute you say it's a business, they want their money back. Right. Okay. So unless they're willing to give it to you for free, go, you know, don't ever pay me back. Those are the people that is very hard to find. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, but that's how life is, right? It's all about how, you know, they are willing to help you. Um, so you could do, you know, on a, you know, friends and family round, they call it, meaning, hey, you know, here's my business plan. You know, they don't, they're not going to just believe you just because you said, I'm starting a business. They want to see it on paper or presentation, you know, whatever it is. This is what I built, you know, and this is how I'm going to make money and this is how we're, you know, we're going to grow. So if you, you know, just think of them as a lender, don't think of them as friends and family. Because in reality, it is a business transaction. You know, you don't want to mix the friends and, and the family, you know, um, or business all mixed together. Because, you know, it becomes a very lonely journey when you start losing your friends <laughs> and you lose your business too. <laughs> so that's not good. <laughs> so, but yes, business plan is number one. And then two, you must have people who are your experts. Meaning, I remember I used to hear that so many times when I started my business 20 years ago. And I was like, oh, I just get me an, you know, an attorney when I need it. Oh, I just get me a CPA when I really have stuff in my QuickBooks to do with financials. But really, it, you know, I'm finding out through the years, actually, they need to 
be with you at the beginning. Just make a phone call, you know, or go through QuickBooks now. QuickBooks has it where if you open a QuickBooks account, you can connect with an account, you know, wow. that's right near you. You don't have to stress over and go, who do I find? It's already there. If you go to LegalZoom, their job is to connect you with an attorney. So you don't have to stress on that too. But having the, the experts with you and then the last component actually should, should be one of the top is it is top three is you must have a mentor. You must have an advisor, a mentor, a coach that really helps you through the way because it is hard. The Once you turn on the hat from, hey, this is a hobby into a real business, everything changes. You know, right. you have to be compliant legally from the state, the federal. Now, you know, you you're thinking that, hey, I'm going to start a business because I don't want, you know, all these bosses anymore. Right. But then instead you turn on a business and now you have 30 <laughs> that you right. have to answer to. Not one anymore. You know, so there's a so just like, um, you know, if you're going to go get your education, and going, I'm going to college to be an engineer. What do they tell you to do for the next four years? You must study. Right? So in order to build the business plan, which means you've got to go get some education. You know, there's so many, you know, now there's so many classes offered at community colleges or online on how to start a business. And it's not just starting business, meaning, you know, let's go to state and file papers and hey, I, you know, I'm in business. There's so much more. Right. So you no longer have one singular job. Now you have 10. You are the owner, you are HR, you are the marketing, you're the sales, you're the person who, who do the work, right? Then you are the one who have to deliver the work. Then you have to meet with the customers and get, you know. So you've added on from a one job into 10. So which means you have to understand each part of the job. And going through some of the entrepreneur courses, would teach you that they'll glimpse over financials, marketing, sales, you know, leadership, all these components that become so important because with that, you're able to build your business plan. You could answer who's your target audience, you know, what size is it, how, you know, what's the price of your product and service, and when are you going to, you know, uh, meet uh, profitability, you know, who's going to be on your team, how many people do you need to hire? You know, who's your sales? Who's your executive teams? So there's so many layers in that business plan that you have to answer because these are things that you will face. And so if you don't know the answer to it, then it's going to be very hard for you to move forward and, and become a, you know, a success that I know everybody wants to. You know, it is everyone's dream. And I think we're all our dreamers. And so it's, 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 I love when people are entrepreneurs because they're dreamers, they're problem solvers. And these are the traits that not everybody has. It takes special type of people to become an entrepreneur. And it's not for everyone. It really is not. And the ones who can have the sustainability where you're willing to work 15, 20 hours a day um, to, you know, seven days a week for the next five years. 
where you're not seeing your friends, you're not seeing your family, you're not, you know. So you've got to put, there's a lot of sacrifice it takes to build a business. It doesn't matter if you have a retail store. If you own a bakery, you'll be working there seven days a week, 15 hours a day. Right. So right. if you're an Uber driver, you be working 10, 12 hours a day. So there's it doesn't really matter what type of business that you have is that your heart is there. And so because of that, you want to be there. And there's only 24 hours in a day. You know, I think we, all of us get that. I wish I had 36 <laughs> or maybe 48. You know? But we get the same time, right? Eight hours of sleep, you know, sometimes less. But then you used to have to eat. You used to have to, you know. So if you cut that hours away, it's really you only have 14 hours, right? 10 hours of, you know, sleep and eating and all that. So for in 14 hours, what can you do? You know, so which means that you're putting that 14 hours into your business. And success is not easy. I mean, people always think, that Amazon just became a you know blooming trillion dollar company. It's taken him over 25, 27 years. Mark Cuban, before you know he took off, right? When in uh, Yahoo bought him out, he started his business for you know prior to that another 10 years before that. So everyone goes through this, 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 I call it our um, historical traction, right? We start out a little, then we're like, okay, you know, okay, here's the mistakes I made. Okay, now let me start something else. You know, so we're always evolving. And every time we evolve, we become better. And in order to become better is that you've got to learn to, to really rely on experts, on the things that you don't are not an expert in. Because for me, I know I have a whole list of things I'm not expert in. And so, therefore, I have to to really connect with people who can help me through it. You know, I think everybody knows that adage. It takes a village, right, to raise a child. It takes a village to, to raise a business, too. And raising a business sometimes is harder, right? So... Uni, I love where you're going with the conversation. Um, I, I wanted to uh, uh, jump jump in for a moment because as you're going through all of the things that are needed to get funding, you're mm -hmm. you're simultaneously going through all the things that a business owner needs to build a sustainable business versus a successful business, right? Because we know right. success is milestones and sustainability is longevity. And so, as I'm listening to this, you you had the opportunity to take a peek at Pillar Five and the, the, the checklist that goes step by step by step mm -hmm, by step mm -hmm. by that. So if someone was getting funding, would you say, hey, you need to go in Pillar 5 and get your page together, get your team together, get your community together, do your market research, start getting your mentors and your advisors? What, what would you say to them? Do you think <clears throat> that's a good initiation, a good place to start before yeah, they start actually, jumping into funding? Oh, absolutely. I think it's it's good to have a tool that can walk me through things, right? Have to think and go, wait, I don't have an answer to this. How do I find an answer to plug this in? You know, if I don't know the pricing, you know, or how do I know when, how many I need to sell in order to become profitable? And so having a tool that can help me answer all these questions in, in, in really for me, right? It's not really for someone else, but you know, these are things that what if I'm doing it's like, oh, you know, I mean, I need the software, but then you're going to miss probably half the thing that you need. 
And so that's where the mistake happens, right? Because you didn't go through all that journey. I mean, same thing with college. You can't graduate if you didn't take all these courses, all these, you know, ancillary courses, right? Like, why do I need, you know, chemistry? You know, I'm in engineering and, um, or psychology and all these things. And then, but then they also put a core of stuff, right? You have engineering, you know, one, two, mathematics, all these things that builds your degree. And actually, you know, Carlton, your software is really good. I really like it because I wish I had that, you know, when I started this 20 years ago and going, dang, <laughs> I would have made less mistakes here, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But exactly. like I said, I think, you know, one, of, it doesn't matter if you have a small business because no one wants to really fail, right? Or go, dang, you know, I tried and it didn't work. So instead, what if there was something, tools like yours that can help me think about it and go, huh, you know what? Maybe entrepreneurship is not for me. I am not willing to do all these things. But then for those that are, you know, big dreamers and going, okay, I can do this. I can answer everything. I want to go through this to succeed. Because if you skip a step, right? I mean, that's when things bad happens, right? I mean, we're just, you know, going down the highway and then, oh, forget this, you know, white line in the middle of the road. <laughs> we skip that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to go well. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So. Go ahead, Natalie. You had a question. I think. Well, you, I was just going to say, and I think you kind of hit it with the software, both of you. But you know, I found in entrepreneurship, you can tend to have your entrepreneur who's super analytical, way over analysis paralysis, way spreadsheeting things, and they don't, you know, they haven't really gotten started yet. And then you yeah. tend to have that entrepreneur that's kind of like the bull in the china shop, right? And they're running through and they're excited. I'm just going to go forward. I'm going to fail forward. I'm going to shift as I need to. So if I'm just starting, you know, what would be, because it could be overwhelming, right? Finding a mentor, finding the funding. What would be the first place to get started? I have my vision. I'm excited. I've, you know, been sharing it with everyone that I know because I'm fired up. I've had good feedback, bad feedback. I'm crazy, whatever. Where's the first place that I go? Is it mentorship? Is it is it money? Where do I go first? I'm a woman with a vision. I'm fired up. Oh, yes, me too. So actually, it's still go back to the business plan. You got to write stuff down. Once you write it, then you visually seeing it for those who are analytical, right? And those that are excited. Once you start to see the pattern, then you're like, wow, I am way too analytical. I'm missing all these gaps, right? So which means that I need to find people that can fill those gaps. And the ones who are, you know, overly excited, you know, like me, who just jump in the fire, you know, oh, I'll figure this out <laughs> later, you know. But then when you write stuff out, then you go, wait a minute, I don't have to people I don't have analysts I don't have this you know to make this dream this idea come real then you start to see the pattern and so it, it is very important and without the business plan it does not lead you into lending or or investment or capital you know infusion by really anyone you know and also with you you may go, I really believe in what I do. And this is exciting, but I'm not going to put any money in this. I want somebody else to put money in. If you're not going to believe in yourself to put your own money in, don't even ask other people because they're like, huh, how much have you 
the money in? How much time, you know, do you have a you know, prototype? You know, have you done a studies? Have, you know, do you know what the pricing and if you have no answer to that, then actually it's not viable, right? And um, so, you know, I love excitement. You know that. I love when people, I love learning about other people's business and ideas and, and I get fired up. Be like, oh, wait a minute, I could do this, you know? And then, but then also I have to realize, you know, what is my strength? If my strength is in sales or marketing, then you need people who are your accounting, your financial, your tech, and all these other people to fill in that gap. Right? And if you are only technical and going, I'm an introvert, um, all, you know, I just love to analyze things. I don't really want to talk to people, but I can make anything fly. Right? You know, your spreadsheets down to software. Well, then you need someone business partner or a co-founder or a team that can fill that who is willing to go out there you know in front of people and and really showcase excitement to launch your business right so you can never leave yourself open and one of the many reasons of people not succeeding is because there's a gap right. there's a you know um i think you know you said earlier natalie about you know, uh, nothing solves a uh, problem, you know, than sales, right? Because you could create all the products you want. And you know, a lot of people who have hobbies, they have all kinds of stuff. And they're probably more forefront in creating the, the you know, electric vehicles. You know, there's so many ideas that people already built, but they could never take it out. Because right. they didn't have that, you know, sales, marketing, all the other components that makes the business successful um, because they didn't know how. They were stuck in, in, in the analysis, right? right? And they never wrote things down. They're so in love with their idea that mm -hmm. they could go, you know, more than that or ask for help. And that's, you know, the software that you guys built, you know, it really creates, um, you know, show you the strength and your gaps of your ideas. And I think it's best to know early on that you made that traction down the road and go, oh, okay, a year later, well, you know what? I should have done all those things that told me that I had gaps in, and now it's a year in or six yes. months in, right? It's, it's how we start something that really makes the difference, right? Mm -hmm. So we are going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back with how to get funding and where do I get funding? So Unioste, everyone, we'll be right back after our quick break. wise man once asked, what if starting a business was like jumping out of a plane? And like 76% of businesses, what if 76% of parachutes failed before you reached the destination? What about those of you who have already jumped? Well, you may still have time to check your business. Pillar5.com, where businesses get it right. 
All right. And we're back. Uni Yost, GoAskJ.com CEO and founder. We are talking about securing the bag. Where do you get funding from and how? Sure, absolutely. There's, you know, there's so many more options nowadays than used to be before, right? Only thing we had was the bank, local bank that you could talk to. And the problem is that if they didn't know you, they're going to ask for so much more to secure your funding. Now, thank goodness, we're all in, you know, in the tech stage. There's so many on-site for, you know, I call it crowdfunding. So if you have product, you could crowdfund for a specific product that you sell. Um, there are, you know, crowdfundings for other types of business, you know, that you may want to start with. Uh, but there's still angel investing, meaning people are like, hey, I, you know, I'm willing to give you a little bit of money to, to see your traction, for to see the bill, all of those. Uh, but there's always a catch, right? Every lender or every capital that you add, you are looking for, there's a catch to it. Um, with the banks, obviously, you have to have the credit, and but they ask for your history as well. How long have you, you know, been in this industry? You know, you can't jump from, you know, um, that you are a, I call it, um, you know, uh, pruning trees and go, I, today, I'm starting software company don't know anything about it but i'm going to start a software company but that doesn't work either right so they expect you to be an expert in your space because you that which means that you have experience and you know and experience that so what you're doing is is taking your experience and making it better right and starting a business on that and that's how 3m started you know um so many, many companies started with, you know, with having that. But, um, you know, we call it angel investing, the venture capital, the private equities and all of that. Um, and there are small, you know, online lenders, too, that can help you get instant, you know, between 48 hours on answers of, of um, you know, can I qualify for, you know, so funding, depending on how much you need. Do you need 10,000, 100,000? Do you need 10 million, 100 million? So at all the different capital lenders or capital investors have a very niche market too. So if you are asking for $100,000, uh, venture capital is not for you because you, you have to ask for a minimum of 5 million. <clears throat> and it's not asking for 5 million. That means your business at the end of the day, after they give you five million, it needs to worth be worth fifty million dollars. Right. right. Yeah. Well, and I would yeah. think too, if I was asking for money, I, I mean, I'm going to go for as much as you're going to give me. <laughs> yes, but it, unfortunately, in the venture world, yeah, angel investing <laughs> and venture capital does not work that way. It's based on valuation and what. <laughs> your business will be worth in the future. So when they invested into Uber, you're talking about, you know, PayPal, all of those, they looked at the size of the market going, you know, how many of the customer can we bring on? Is it a thousand, 10,000, a million, 10 million? So they go through the volume. Um, for example, if you have a retail business, right? You have a small shop or you're doing this, you know, it, it's going to be hard for you to scale one, you know, you have a local, you know, location, unless you do online shopping, right? <clears throat> you're able to 
do, do e-commerce. So it's going to be based on the size of your business. So if prior year you made $100,000 and you go, okay, it cost me about $100,000 last year to run my business, you know, you could go to a lender and go, I need $100,000, right? Because you have built attraction that you could showcase what your expenses are. Right. So using that historical, you could ask for it. Even That's banks are not going to give you. Yeah. That's a great Even point. I want to touch back on that. But we do have somebody from the studio audience that does have a question for you. Matthew Gardner. Matthew, are you here to join us? Hello, there he yes. is. Hi, Matthew. Hi. Welcome. Hello, thank you. We're happy thank to have you, for, you here with us. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, uh, Uni. I'm learning a lot. And uh, I'm Matthew from Toronto, Canada. Um, mm -hmm. I've been in the coaching industry since 2014, and I'm the founder of Legacy Coaching Partners. And what we do is we help executives and business owners achieve their goals, access mm -hmm. funding, and create long-lasting sustainability. So um, I'm particularly interested about this conversation around funding and how it relates to coaching and accountability. So my question is around the, the problem today that many business owners are working in silos and they're feeling a lack of connection and opportunity to authentically collaborate or authentically reach out or who do they actually reach out to. Mm -hmm. And despite people's best efforts to support one another, there's still an underlying current of doing things solo, doing things alone versus going together and really dropping that ego away, dropping that mm -hmm. self image or that self identity away and being the person they need to become in order to have that successful and sustainable business. Right. So based on your experience, Uni, um, how important is the role of accountability and coaching in terms of a business owner putting in the work to get funding and create that long lasting sustainability in their business? Yeah, I think, I, you know, I kind of touched on that earlier in terms of coaching, mentorship and so forth. And the reason is because, you know, when you're able to gain a coach or mentor, their whole premise is to see you succeed. Their job is not to you know, sit next to you, listen to your story every day, but it's really about, you know, let's make you accountable. What is your goal today? What is your goal next month? And not only from the traction of the business, but also to help you in terms of your mental state, right? You're excited, you know, that first week of business. And then what happens is your energy levels start to die down because there's no support. And so if you are not able to find team members right away because you are doing it yourself, you're a freelancer or, you know, whatever you do, is that having a coach and a mentor helps you so much because they are doing it from experience. One, you know, a lot of them have already had some kind of business before. And so they could give you a lot more, I call it, um, you know, more realistic expectations. You know, they hear it all the time, right? Oh, I'm going to be, you know, $10 million company next month. Mm, yeah, most likely not, right? But what they can do is help you create your, your um, I call it your uh, journey, right? Your journey of how to become the $10 million company. And it starts in this road. You know, you need to hit 100000 and after that, let's try to hit the million. What does it take for you to meet from the million to the five million and so forth? So, you know, having that type of, of um, expert, you know, in your corner is one of the key to sustaining you because it is hard when you're so burned out after, you know, six months, 
but then you know you're committing for six years to get there and so you've got to have people on your side i mean just like you know when you remember muhammad ali right he was not in the ring by himself he had his coaches on the corners right telling him you know things that to watch out for to do you know change his stance or whatever it is everybody has a coach sports athletes all have coaches right they have you know trainers not just coach the coach but they also had their own trainers very specific to them and it's not you know for everyone but to that athlete and so you know it is really in our life already but in business we think that we don't need it like oh you know i got this <laughs> and it's everything Ron, you're muted having the right people around us is everything right business yeah. life it's everything yeah, when you, I wanted to go back on something that you said earlier um, mm -hmm. about the uh, because there's different levels of entrepreneurs that are watching the show. Right. So that means there may be different modes of action they need to take. Each person may need to take. So we have are there are there different places to go or different methods depending on where you're at. For instance, you could be in pre-seed or what is pre-seed mm -hmm. or post-seed in these things. I have mm -hmm. some person has the idea of what they want to do. Some people have already started their stores and are generating revenue. And some people are years in and they're, they're just about saying, okay, I can leave my job and do this full time. Some have already made that place. So there are right. different places that they're at. Are there different avenues that they can go in depending on where they're at in order to get funding? And, yeah, and where they're at, which should, which should they all make sure that they do like today? Yeah, exactly. There are so many, um, I'll, you know, if you guys email me, um, then I can send you to the links to based on what type of business that you have. Um, when you were talking about the pre-seed, seed and funding and series A, that's really more for the for software and technology world, mm -hmm. uh, more like it. Um, there are people who are you know, creating maybe a product and so forth. So that's a different investor group too. They love that kind of thing, manufacturing, you know, biotech or or they're looking for the next ring, right? That's manufacturing something or nest. Right. So that's a different market. And for those that go, I have a you know new concept, you know, of a restaurant, fast food, you know, or you know, how how can I improve, you know, shelving, right? Just saying, hey, you know, I go walk down Walmart aisle and go, why is that shelf look so horrible, you know, and so hard to reach? Like me, I'm not that tall. Right, so right. I have a hard time reaching the top, right? I'm always wondering, why don't they put something down here? I can just pull out and stand on it, you know? Right. So, you know, so we all become really creative, but every lender has his own, uh, I call it very selective markets. So even banks, the same way, they may go, yeah, we lend all the time real estate you know uh, we lend all the time we only lend to uh, retail stores you know or commercial real estate or or home so there is very niche so uh, but i do have great lenders at little bit broad and so if you guys email me and ask and then i'll send you the link to them and they can help you walk you know through the journey they have experts in that in their home in their business they can talk to you and go what you know get to know you a little bit to tell you that it is the right road or it's not it's Beauty, how do i front. how do i make sure that i'm 
starting my foundation correctly to get funding. So what does credit need to be like? What does business credit or personal credit need to be like? And then another question that I would have too would be, um, if I have to show how my business performed the year before, I know with a lot of entrepreneurs, they're, they're negative, at least their first three years in business, right? They're not making money yet. So how do I get funding if I'm still negative every year? How do I play my cards right in that area? Obviously, you need to make sure you have a CPA that's playing the game right with you. There's got to be some fine line. How do I know what that is? Uh, what I, first thing I would do is to have a CPA review your financials. You may think that you're an expert in QuickBooks, but if you don't have accounting background and stuff, you might not have been doing it well, right? So if you've already done that part and go, okay, I'm still a negative, and, but in order for me to go forward, then I need more funding. Well, there's SBA loans available as well for startups that are looking for that you know, component. Um, so these lenders can work with you, not only from a government lending, private lending, you know, commercial, you know, banking lending. So they'll give you, you know, different options based on you, based on your type of business. So like I said, it's better for you to talk to someone and have them say yes or no than for you to be drugged out for weeks or, you know, what of, you know, send me your financials, send me this, and you know, your credit. Oh, you know, you know, three weeks later you didn't qualify. You know, well, why did you tell me that early? Right. Tell right. me that you don't fund my type of business. Right. So I think sometimes it's like the band-aid. It's better to just take it off quick, early, to, so you can move on to someone else. Mm -hmm. Because one lender says no does not mean all of them do. There are thousands of them. I mean, literally thousands. Right. So, so what, what would be some of the components to building my business credit? Um, one, you will need, obviously, um, set up with uh, what is my, my, my brain just went blank. Um, um, Not enough coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I didn't do it. it was in my head, but it's not now. Um, let's start with your personal credit first. <laughs> that really seemed to be a lot more in line than than having the business credit because you might not need a business credit, right? Because if you're not selling, if you don't have to purchase product through vendors where they give you a line of credit, then you really, you know, may not need it because if you're just providing service. So, but personal credit is going to be very important. Um, and every lender has a number that mm -hmm. we hit, hit, right? And so there are, they call it hard lenders, meaning they'll go down the score, but the cost of the money is higher. Right. That's a lot more risk. And the ones who have higher, you know, credit score, obviously will have a, you know, better favorable um, lending, um, you know, um, you know, for them. Um, but also, I think you touched on it, Natalie, at the beginning about it's great you get capital, but you don't, if you don't know how to allocate it well in the business, then it will fail because you didn't put the money in where it's supposed to. Uh, because you did it. You didn't have anyone accountable for you, right? Because like on the, on the tech side of it, whenever we do get investment from you know, some of the VC funds or angel funding, they'll tell you exactly where you have to spend the money. So they you tell you, you, yes. said they you where you need to spend your money. So can you talk, talk to that a little bit? Yeah. So first thing that, you know, they go, okay, you need a million dollars or $10 million. Where are you going to spend it at? 
Mm-hmm. I need marketing. I have to hire 10 more people. I need, you know, marketing dollars for my SE, you know, SEOs on Google. I need, you know, expanding, um, you know, uh, more sales teams. So that money is already allocated based on your financials. Right. So you you have to give them financial that uses that money and he has to support these numbers. So that's the accountability we're talking about earlier. Because of that, you know, they know that you're not going to take the 10 million, take the money and run. Right. right. It's because it's already locked into where you're supposed to be spending. And that's the accountability of having a mentor, coaches and so forth to help you if you're just at the beginning stage. Yeah, on our last show, we went over SWOT analysis. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like something that's something like what you're talking about now. Like you really have to have your own homework done as a business owner. Is it important to have a SWOT analysis when looking for funding and why? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because <clears throat> investors are always looking for something unique. You know, is this a problem that, you know, is sustainable? I think we talked about earlier, right? Um, because if you, you ran out of customers already because you're like, okay, only 100 people needed it in the world to buy my product. Well, there's no sustainability. So which means that there is no funding because they know that you can't pay them back. Right. And there's no growth. But if you can say between the strength, the strength is the market is big. The weakness is that I'm going to need a lot more funding to hit those numbers. So you, you can justify in terms of why you need the funding for growth. Um, and then at the same time, it's not just the funding. You're talking about competition, right? The weakness of your product. You know, can somebody else come in and copy what I, you know, what I created and come back to compete with me? That's another component. Um, because if you think about it, you know, every time you see a McDonald's, there's a Wendy's, there's a you know, Jack in the Box. And the reason is because Wendy, I mean, McDonald's does a lot of stuff in order to find locations and so their competitor they always know it's going to be Wendy's or Jack in the Box or one of those so they account for that you know for them to be there in their financials because they know you know who their competitors are right? right so because of that it's already part of their financials and it, it takes on that cost and that and part of that growth I love it I love it. Yudi, thank you so much for being here with us this morning. You've given us so much wisdom. And I know for most entrepreneurs, that's one of the pressing things on their mind is, where do I get the money from this? I have a vision. I have a dream. Where does the money come from? And um, it's just great to know there's so many resources. And not only that, but how do we set ourselves up for success and sustainability, right? Most important is is having that sustainability. So thank you, Unihost, goaskj.com. You can check her out there and she is on all social media as well. Yeah, go to goaskj to ask Uni. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we have a fantastic new funder where all they do is look at your, your accounting software. So they look at all your data and they'll fund based on that data. You don't even have to send them any information. So you wow. can see the market has changed in terms of how quickly they will fund, but you have to know who these players are. And that's what we do. Yeah. All right. Awesome. All right. Thank so if you're you. looking to if get funding, make sure you reach out. <laughs> Unios at goashj.com for sure. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks. you, Uni. Awesome.
Good, Good stuff. stuff. You know, I love talking there. about money. <laughs> yes, I think we all do from a business perspective. And uh, she was touching on some things about personal credit and, you know, <clears throat> business, getting business funding. And I know that, you know, Tehran and I both come from that financial background. Natalie, you're in a financial background, different sector, but definitely finance. And so everyone likes to talk money when they talk business. And so I really wanted to ask a question because my brain, I couldn't get my brain to remember all of the components. And I know Tehran's one of those individuals when he hears them. He remembers Tehran. I remember when we were in the financial industry, and there was these components that were necessary for building business credit. Do you recall what those were? Not all of them. Oh, you mean the compliance items? Not all of them. There you go. The so, what is a compliance item? Let's get into that just real quick, so the audience gets an understanding of what a compliance item is and what why are they even relevant. Well, it's kind of different from what we were talking about, but in order for to get and funded um, to get business credit, you know, to become fundable from a bank they require certain criteria in order to fund you. Most people don't know that. So you go in, you fill an application at a bank, you give it to the teller, they put it through a machine that runs it through an algorithm and it just comes back approved or denied. So when they give you back that uh, application that says denied, the teller or the person or the manager giving it back to you, they don't necessarily know why you were denied because they may not even know the compliance items. So there's just these micro things that you need to have done in order to even qualify, like having a business phone number that's different from your personal phone number. Um, having a business email address different from your personal email address. Uh, having, um, wow, they don't just come out when I think I want them to. But, <laughs> <laughs> but there's a list of 10 of them. That's, I mean, there's actually 20 of them actually, but all, for, all, of, all lending institutions don't go by all 20. Um, so there's, there's just specific things. And, the thing, and what's interesting about that, that you mentioned that is, different from personal credit. The way you establish personal credit, the rules of engagement are almost totally the opposite when you're building business credit. Certain things are total opposite. Like you want to build credit for a long term when you're doing personal credit. On business credit, you want to pay it off quicker um, so they can raise it. There's not a pay, there's a paydex score in your business credit. There's a FICO score in your personal credit. And so there's different rules of engagement when going down that, that aisle to actually building those things. But yeah, it's definitely again. That's a, that's a whole nother thing, you know. Personal credit. If you, the way I like to to address business credit when doing so on another segment, so we'd have time to go into it, would be, let's say you have a seven fifty eight hundred personal credit score. Well, business credit leverages ten to one hundred times as much as your personal credit, which is why a person with an eight hundred credit score can go get a hundred thousand dollar car with no money down. Whereas a business owner with a 70 paydex score can go get a fleet of $100,000 cars or trucks because the leveraging is different. So once we can add business credits, financial literacy component to building our business, it becomes less and less arduous as a task to build a business. All these things are with a plethora of stuff for us as business owners and entrepreneurs. But we have to do the due diligence to do the back end work to find out all that information. And then when you start opening those books and start looking and looking at those links and doing that research, you realize, oh, this isn't difficult. Um, I forget the guy. Someone told me before there's no such thing as stupid and smart. There's no such thing as hard and easy. Those things are figments of our imagination. It's all exposure. You know what I mean? So if you ask me to build you a car, I'm going to say it's hard. If you ask my mechanic to build your car, he's going to say it's easy. You stuff me under the hood of a car for 30 days straight and feed me through a straw. Guess what's going to be easy next month? Mechanics. Because I've been exposed to it. 
So what we have to do is expose ourselves to this information, and then it becomes a simpler process to do it. So this is why we want to bring all this information uh, to the to the through the through the show to entrepreneurs because we know what their dream is is to win. Well, and that's Absolutely. what I love about the five pillar software is because even if we're you know opening ourselves up, there's just so much information, and there's so much you know um, where it doesn't it. It's opposite information, right? So how do we know which is the best one for us? How do I know where to get started? Again, it goes back to the software is it takes the guesswork out of it for you. This is where I'm at. This is what I need to do next. And I would think, you know, when you have something like Pillar 5 to help you with that, it really takes all that guesswork out. of. So now in my mind as an entrepreneur, I'm thinking is where do I get the right people? I know what I need to do right now. Where do I find the right people? That would be the next thing that I'm looking for. So where do you find the right people? Mm, wow. Good question. Yeah. So we definitely have to come back on another show and dig into this information. Um, but I definitely want to make sure that everyone knows, uh, you know, this show is supported and sponsored by the Los Angeles Tribune Mo Rocks team over there. Thank you all so much for allowing us to bring this type of information to the small business owners that support that's 99% of our economy. Obviously, without the small business owners, our economy would be in in in, in dire dire need of help. Uh, so we thank them for supporting the show. And don't forget to check out the Los Angeles Tribune live tonight with Mo, with Mo Rock and Natalie Forrest. And they always go in on some really interesting topics, whether it's business or life-changing, they cover all the gambit. So make sure you check out the show for that. And one more time, happy birthday, Steve, over at Edit This. Uh, we hope you have many, many more on our behalf. We want to thank Matthew Gardner uh, for joining us. Uh, and you can look forward to having Matthew back on another show uh, uh, to have some conversations because he has a lot more background. He's also in the funding realm for small businesses. So you can check out Matthew Gardner on LinkedIn as well for funding as well as Uni Yost, obviously, who provided some really great insight. Thank you, Uni, for yeah. that. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us again on the Better Your Business Show. You can join us every week live, uh, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, and 8, 8 a.m. specific time. Um, and we'll love to see you there. And next week's show, we are going to get even deeper into finances um, as we wrap mm -hmm. up the season. Um, and we're going to have some special shows coming at the end where we're just going to dive into sustainability of business. So, again, thank you all for joining us. I'm Carlton, that's Tehran, and Natalie Esman, your money expert, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. A wise man once asked, what if... Starting a business was like jumping out of a plane. And like 76% of businesses, what if 76% of parachutes failed before you reached the destination? What about those of you who have already jumped? Well, you may still have time to check your business. Pillar5.com, where businesses get it right.